Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in to Stand Up For The Truth. We appreciate your prayers, and I emphasize that because of the dramatically increased spiritual warfare this year, it seems. And um, uh, we just encourage you guys just continue to pray for this ministry. We don't know what's going on. We know God is sovereign and in control, but um, these tech issues and radio issues and podcast issues— are tedious and annoying and frustrating. So I'm casting my cares over on the Lord, uh, relying on your prayers, uh, and uh, we just thank you for that. Can't wait to talk about Bible prophecy today, what's going on in Israel, a fanatical, a fantastic archaeological find uh, that we want to report on today. Um, Really an amazing, an amazing uh, find, some Bible scroll fragments, among other things, and just reported, that's breaking news, and then we'll talk about some prophecy, and uh, let's open right now. Father, thank you for uh, giving us another opportunity to to live, to breathe, to have our being in you, and to live our lives, hopefully for you, Lord, trying to advance the kingdom, advance the gospel of Jesus Christ, and uh, bring as many people with us as we can. Um, thank you for saving us. Thank you for your mercy and grace, your blood on the cross that was shed for our sins, for our forgiveness, and we thank you for the hope that we have to look forward to, and to help us to keep seeking things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. We love you, Lord. We thank you that the hope that we have is an anchor to our souls, and we lift up this hour and this day to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Our guest today, John Haller, is back with us, pastor, elder, teacher known for his weekly prophecy updates at uh, Fellowship Bible Chapel in Ohio, where he is an elder and pastor. And uh, we encourage you guys to check out his uh, YouTube channel, and some of these updates are just amazing, the work that he puts into those. John, welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth, brother. Good to be back. Well, you uh, we don't have anything to talk Oh, my goodness. Right when, I mean, seriously, guys, you don't know how this thing works. We exchange a few messages. We exchange a few emails about the direction for the podcast. And then the couple breaking stories. Um, uh, one, one of them we may get to. I think it's important to talk about um, Pope Francis and his comments calling for a new world order after the pandemic. We'll get to that next. But let's go over to Israel. John, a breaking story at the Times of Israel. Bible scroll fragments among dazzling artifacts found in the Dead Sea cave, the Cave of Horror. Uh, I wasn't familiar with that, but you've been over there. You know a lot about those archaeological expeditions over there. So just share your thoughts on that, and let's go wherever uh, the Lord leads. Sure. Well, listen, let's let's sort of set the groundwork as to where we hope to go with this if we stay on track. <laughs> if. <laughs> um, I love Bible archaeology, and as, as I told you before, about four years ago, we were over there, and Joel Kramer was the, the guide for Pam and I as we went around uh, Judea and Samaria for a couple of days. In fact, we even climbed up, Joel and I did, about 102, 103 degrees, and we climbed up to one of the Dead Sea Scroll caves. Uh, one of the more accessible ones, because you know I'm not necessarily in um, mountain climbing shape, but uh, <laughs> it was incredibly hot. It's incredibly dry. I mean, I was out of water by the time we got up to the thing, and then we had you have to walk back down. And it was one of the caves that they've explored for uh, the, Dead, the Dead Sea Scrolls, which started with kind of a very strange discovery back about in the late 1940s, early 1950s. These scrolls started showing up in Jerusalem at some of the antiquities dealers, and they found out that these scrolls had been discovered by Palestinian shepherd children uh, in these caves, and they were remarkably well-preserved, and there were thousands of these fragmented scrolls and clay pots and and now you can go to Qumran and you can see the, the Essene community there that they've largely excavated. But they're sure, the talk always has been that there are more caves with more artifacts. But just today, it's announced that they have found, for the first time in 60 years, 
down in that area, they have found a significant number of scrolls in a cave, which they call the Cave of Horror, because you have to rappel down. It's mm. on the side of a cliff. Right. Uh, several hundred feet up, so you have to rappel down 80 feet to get into the cave. So this is this is not easy work. I mean, so add in the hot, dry, dusty, dirty thing. But they found these scrolls, and because of the the, it's a horrible desert. Uh, the Dead Sea is there, but that's you know essentially a the, the saltiest body and the lowest place on Earth. But it's very dry, so that helps preserve these uh, papyrus fragments. They're not sure the exact date yet. I think uh, they have found coins there that date to the period of the Bar Kokhba Rebellion, which was around, let's say, 135 A.D. The scrolls contain about 12 uh, translations of parts of uh, the Minor Prophets and also Zechariah and Nahum. Uh, They're written in Greek, but the interesting thing is that Every place the name of God is mentioned, it's written in Hebrew instead mm. of Greek, which is kind of an interesting uh, thing. So, listen, this is just yet another, and I'm sure we're going to find that this is another uh, confirmation of the truth of the Bible, which we see happening all the time in archaeology. Yes, tens of thousands, and uh, yet yeah. people still question the accuracy of the Bible, and they don't—they just—they don't want to look at the evidence. For scripture, right. it's overwhelming, and we so, didn't. Even, you know, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I mean, you you can go. There have been a number of significant finds recently south of the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. Uh, they have found um, uh, seals that uh, mention the name of uh, Hezekiah and one of the scribes mm-hmm. of the, of the prophets of Hezekiah time. Uh, I talked Sunday about the Temple Mount, a little known fact is that uh, we were talking about that there's a lot of controversy about the Temple Mount right now because it's controlled by the Jordanians. They appoint a Muslim waqf to oversee the activities there. And there's a real fight about who is sovereign of it. And Jordan wants to maintain the, the myth that they're sovereign over the Temple Mount, that Israel has nothing to do with it. And if you listen to the Jordanian King Abdullah II, when he talks, he's very clever in the way he says, well, we want to keep it open and preserve the historic Muslim and Christian connections to Jerusalem. He never mentions Jewish. When we were in Jordan uh, 1995, we had a Palestinian guide, and he kept saying, I understand that you're leaving Jordan tomorrow and going to the western parts. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm going to Israel, okay? It's west of here, but it's not the western parts. It's a country called Israel. Because they can't say it, and you'll, I, there's a organization uh, that monitors Palestinian textbooks for children. It's mm-hmm. called Impact-SC, and I've been reviewing some of their recent reports, and they have shown that there's just this anti-Jewish erasing the Jews from history all throughout Palestinian wow. textbooks. Their most recent report <laughs> is from the UN Human Rights Thing, who have complained about what the Palestinians done. So they've sponsored textbooks in the Palestinian schools that have maps that are just Palestine, no Israel. Uh, and, and they have math problems like, I'm going to be facetious here, okay? Uh, but there would be sort of like, you know, I, I strapped uh, two, you know, two tons of TNT to a suicide belt and I killed, uh, you know, 70, 70 Jews uh, what's what's my kill ratio per ton of TNT or something like that? Uh, because there, that type of math is, you know, I guess math here in the United States is racist if you're trying to get the correct answer. Did you see that? Yeah, before? yeah, they're getting away from uh, merit and actual uh, math, yeah. and you know, yeah, it's just it's it's sad uh, what learning, the public schools. It's an organization called Learning for Justice, <laughs> and they have a math equity toolkit or something like that, and they essentially say if you're demanding. A correct answer to a math problem, and this is funded by the Gates Foundation in large part. Yep, is not, but it's going through other schools in America. So, so what the so what archaeologists do? Back to the point is archaeologists dig down through these layers meticulously, slowly. It takes sometimes decades to excavate a site to reconstruct the truth of the past. Yes, yes. But what you see with the Palestinians doing is they 
they they do digging on the Temple Mount to build bigger underground mosques there in the area of Solomon's stables, and they just destroy the archaeological evidence because they're trying to deconstruct the past to prevent the truth of the past from being known. So, interesting things. I'll just so we found these these uh, seals uh, south of the Temple Mount. A couple of them years apart, within about a ten foot. Uh, distance from each other, both related, if I recall correctly, to the time of Hezekiah. And then Sunday I was doing a little talk on the Temple Mount because the Jordan Crown Prince was supposed to go, Jordanian Crown Prince was supposed to go to the Temple Mount last week. And he said, so they worked out the security arrangements, and they need security arrangements because uh, King Abdullah's uh, great-grandfather, King Abdullah I, was assassinated on the Temple Mount in 1951 in the presence of his grandson, the then 15-year-old Hussein uh, ben Talal, who later became King Hussein and the father of King Abdullah. And so security, because the Palestinian assassin thought he was becoming too friendly to the Jews. So bring that forward. So they, they agreed on a security arrangement and then the Jordanian crown prince shows up at the Allenby Bridge border crossing with what has been described as somewhat of a small army of men, armed men. And the reason he was doing that was because he wanted to show the force. This is, I'm in, my father and my family are in control of the Temple Mount. And look at the military force that we have here. Because they're upset that Jews, and I think even Christians to a lot of extent, go up there to visit. And, you know, they're very strict. Like, if you hold your wife's hand, there's a guy there right now telling you you can't do that. And if you look like, if you just bow your head a little bit, wow, they're there huh. to, you know, the Jordanian, the, the Waqf police and the Israeli police will drag you off the Temple Mount. I've had friends that have gone up there, and actually Jews tried to pray, and they've been immediately arrested. But, and so they're always trying to deconstruct it. And if you look at this Dome of the Rock, it's a very interesting edifice, and you can't go in, I don't think they let Christians go inside it anymore. I was in there back in 1995, and inside the Dome, of course, is what they call the Foundation Stone, where the Jews believe the Ark of the Covenant rested in the first temple period. It wasn't present in the second temple, but they believe that this is the location of the first and second temples. And I think the best archaeological evidence kind of points to that. But inside this Dome of the Rock are panels with uh, sections, calligraphy, uh, etched in gold, and along along the top of the wall there, the arches, that is the Quran, and this, the Quran sections that they chose is God has no begotten, and God has no son, which is a complete abomination to Christianity. So when we talk about the abomination of desolation, it's already there's already an abomination there that what it says in that building. It's blasphemous to Christians mm. to say this. But interestingly enough, the Al-Aqsa Mosque, and there's a myth that's grown up that this is where Muhammad took his night trip to heaven, uh. But the scholarship of Mordecai Qadar and some Islamic scholars says, no, 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 the farthest mosque was outside of Mecca a little ways. It had nothing to do with Jerusalem. And the mosque there, by the way, doesn't point to Mecca. You know, they always say that they, they pray towards Mecca. But the, the orientation of that mosque and all the early mosques is pointing towards Petra in Jordan. So there's a lot of questions about the origins of Islam. That type of thing. But years ago, they had an earthquake uh, that uh, sort of, they had to reconstruct the foundations of the Al-Aqsa Mosque. And as they were doing so, they found some, there were beams under there as they excavated to do this. And so they took a lot of these beams and they just kind of threw them in a trash pile on a couple areas of the Temple Mount. (laughs) And then later, people went to examine these. And there's an article back Oh, I think in 2013 and 2015, there were big articles in the Biblical Archaeological Society uh, journal that said that when they analyzed these beams, they found that they were cedars from Lebanon. Wow. Now, if you understand how Solomon's temple was constructed, that ought to raise 
the hat, you know, it always give you goosebumps. And they found that the beams were almost all uh, dated to the time of Herod's temple. Amazing. Which meant that Herod may have used those in the second temple. But there was one beam that was dated to the 9th century BC, which was the time of the construction of Solomon's temple. And some of those beams are still, if you look at some of the aerial photographs of the Temple Mount, there are still some piles of them laying around, but the but the Muslim walk protects them because they don't want the truth of that to come out. So, so we have this whole thing, this whole enterprise hmm. in the archaeology community in Israel at large time to deconstruct yeah. the truth of the past. Another place is Jericho. Jericho is, I believe, a verifiable city where the walls fell down. In fact, the archaeological dig found that there was a, a rock wall, wide lower rock wall, and then a mud brick, red brick wall above that. That wall collapsed. The, the uh, Jericho was built in essentially an oval shape, but when the they said, well, you know, it just they just happened to fall down in an earthquake. It wasn't anything that God did. But the walls all around the oval all fell out. Yep, they fell outward. Uh-huh. And that essentially created a ramp that the uh, Israelites could then run up into the city and <laughs> take amazing. it. Kathleen Kenyon did the work there. I've seen her original drawings. I just, I, we talked about them in my biblical archaeology class in college back in the early 70s. And my professor, who spent his summers over there digging, said, Kathleen Kenyon is going, she's pro-Palestinian, she's going to deconstruct her own work to hide the truth that this is what Jericho is. And I will tell you, I believe that she has been very effective. She died many years ago. Because I sat there four years ago, mm -hmm. ate lunch at the cafe, and saw over 200 tour buses come through that parking lot for lunch. In Jericho. At the In Jericho. Right. And so there's the restaurant, a parking lot, and just to the north of the parking lot is the ancient tell of Jericho. Pam and I and, and our friend Joel Kramer, who was taking us around, and one other group of 10 or 12 people went out on the tell to examine what was there. That just showed me that the lives of Kathleen Kenyon have been mm. able to spread because she deconstructed history. And David, this is exactly what we see happening throughout this woke, critical race theory culture that is taking over our schools and culture right now. There's a parallel right here to canceling history in America. Oh, it's yeah. This what is we're the talking 1619 about. Project. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, what, all the, everything that you're saying, how you explained it, that uh, you know, in, in archaeological finds, when they study something, they try to reconstruct what happened, what they found, and dates and all that to show the truth. And then what they're doing now is they're trying to reverse the truth of these finds by deconstructing the past, and so they're trying to manipulate history that way. Um, we've got two minutes left, John. Um, really? Oh, oh, go ahead. So, yeah, so this is what this is what there used to be, and I can't find the exact quote. I've looked for it, and I've heard somebody say it, so I'll, I'll act like it actually somebody said it, <laughs> um, because it makes a lot of sense. There used to be an old saying in the Soviet Union that the future is certain. You know, the future is pretty bleak, given the way that it's going here with communism. It's the past that continually changes. And you see that huh. they do this. Like, they'll have an icon. Like, Stalin was great, and he was there at the, at the you know, Lenin's tomb and Leiden State there. And then Stalin became unpopular, so he was kind of moved off to the side uh, and given less uh, prominence. And this is what, but this is what the woke culture is doing here in America. They're tearing down monuments. They're tearing down structures. That's the symbol of of what America stands for or how we got here. But they're doing it to all of our cultural and biblical values as well. And it, it, in part, it goes back to the earliest thing in Genesis has got what Satan said. Did, has God said? Mm -hmm. Questioning what the truth of the Word of God is and what the principles of the, truth of the Word of God 
and they're tearing them down and deconstructing them. And we can talk more about sure. some of the more recent examples about how that's taking place. Okay, we've got John Haller on with us today uh, over at Fellowship Bible Chapel. you got to check out his uh, YouTube channel with his prophecy updates and his most recent one, The Great Spiritual Depression. We'll ask John what that was all about when we come back. Continue a little bit more on this article in archaeology and talk about how Pope Francis calls for a new world order after the pandemic. More on Stand Up For The Truth in just a minute. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest today is John Haller, and there's so much to talk about. But, but John, we, we were on off-air. We were talking about just some stories that we want to try to get to today. I don't remember where I saw it. I think it was over at Discern, D-I-S-R-N. Um, it was a news story that just came out in the last couple days. But the um, one of the dictionaries, I don't know which, here it is. Dictionary drops the word slavery and adds critical race theory. So we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But did we wrap up? the uh, topic on uh, archaeology and how they're deconstructing the Yeah, past. it was just sort of a segue to talk about this, that, you know, archaeologists, archaeologists spend time reconstructing and verifying the past history. What happens now, and I think I gave my first talk on postmodernism and deconstruction in uh, August of 2000, July or August of 2001, almost 20 wow, years ago. Wow, really? It, I did, and I had a pastor, it was at a church conference, and I had a, a, a one pastor really push back on me and said, John, you don't understand this postmodernism thing will be a, a good thing for the church. Oh. Um, and, and so I sort of saw the beginnings of the this what's now wokeism, critical race theory, and I'd experienced it a little bit in graduate school in the mid-70s in Indiana, where I was, you know, I was made to read these in a you know, criminology program, uh, articles about uh, uh, critique of legal order. And it was just, it was pure Marxism that was just tearing everything down. Mm. So this trend, and so this trend was well in place 50 years ago in our institutions. It's And for years, it's been bleeding down into the grade school and elementary schools. And part of it is to completely deconstruct the past, because what they want to do is they want to build this Marxist utopian future. So you have to tear down the past. You have to tear down all the institutions. And it, to say that this is not happening is to deny the reality of what's going on. And you even see large denominations like the Southern Baptist yes. kowtowing in great part to this critical race theory and wokeism. Mm hmm and then you, but you see people who think they're not going far enough, and so they leave the Southern Baptists, like Beth Moore, of course, who has her own. It we could do a few shows on her, her problems, but um, you know, so this is what's happening: is that everything is being torn down. So, what I talked about Sunday a little bit in the Great Spiritual Depression was, this is what they're doing in the church, and they're. We're, we're losing our values. We're losing our connection to our values in the past because it seems like everybody wants to build this new utopia. And unless you're sufficiently, you know, since I'm a white guy, if I'm not sufficiently repentant of my obvious racism, um, it's, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not worthy of participating in society. And we see this happening all the time. People yes. losing their YouTube channels. I mean, I, somebody who's involved in the Michigan case on some of the election stuff um, has just recently got an order from the court that they're entitled to look at some of the, the data and computer records. But that person now, has that attorney, has been uh, contacted by his bank, PNC, and said that, well, you don't really fit into our, I think it's called ESG, and I can't remember what ESG stands for, but it's part of the World Economic Forum economic governance, uh, economic governance principles that, you know, if, if the purpose of your business doesn't meet the values of society, you really can't participate. So here's a guy, an attorney, 
you know, challenging in court. He hasn't been thrown out of court yet. And he cannot, as Bank is saying, we don't, we, we saw that you got a donation for, on a check that said election integrity contribution. And we don't think that that's a legitimate business purpose for you to be engaged in. <laughs> so I guess, you know, the threat is we're going to close your accounts. And now his malpractice carrier is contacting him and saying, we're probably not going to renew you. And this is happening all over the place. People, So it, it, I'm just telling you, what we have now are thugs that are going around tearing everything down. This is the whole purpose yep. of the Biden administration, Obama's third term. Yep. They're, they're deconstructing and destroying everything. And so you're seeing HR, HR1 is a full frontal attack on the election system in the United States of America. Can we talk about that briefly? It, sure. Yeah, because um, I mean, we've talked about Obamacare, the Green New Deal, Equality Act, uh, Medicaid for All, all these other things, all these other bills. But this one, this federal takeover of elections is one of the most dangerous proposals in, in my lifetime that I can remember. Uh, it's the a blatant bill introduced in the new Congress. What's that? It was the first bill introduced in the House in the new Congress, yep. H.R. 1. Yep, and no, not surprising that they would do this, but we people need to understand it is a blatant takeover of American politics. It, it, it is, um, let me just, I'm going to quote, I don't wonder, for whatever you think of um, um, Mitch McConnell, he said, put yourself in the shoes of Democrats. If you think this bill greatly enhances the chances of your success in every election into the distant future, you're going to do everything you can to pull this off. And he said this is one of the worst, if not the worst, in his lifetime. Um, John, your thoughts? Uh, he's exactly right. I believe the bill has passed the House. Yes, yes it has. There are um, parliamentarian uh, machinations going on at the Senate level uh, to get around the filibuster or to get this shoved through under something that they call reconciliation. And I'm not totally hip as to how it works, but essentially it allows them to claim, I think the economic impact allows us to avoid the filibuster where we have to have 60 votes to approve going forward with this bill. Um, and I, I saw Dick Durbin making statements about that. So you have HR1, and, and, and it, it will do things like it will say that you can't ver verify signatures yeah, you can't have a signature verification process. Everybody will be automatically enrolled. They will not be. They will almost criminalize purging voter rolls of dead people and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And now we have the and now we have this crisis at the border where they're bringing in these. Um, this is this is shocking. Wait Go a minute. Wait a minute. The, the media is not talking about a crisis at the border. <laughs> well, you know, Jim Psaki was asked by uh, uh, Ducey from Fox yesterday at her press briefing, uh, would you consider this to be a, a crisis? Well, you know, we think it's a problem, but we're working through it. Of course. And, and they're, they're doing the same thing that the Trump administration did, except they're encouraging it. And they're expanding, yes. And, yes. and there's, a, there's a new film out, I think it's on Salem um, Network or whatever, Salem Media, where this lady who's a sort of a left wing uh, or leans left movie producer, she did a thing about immigration. And what she found out was that way over 90% of the people that come in through Mexico, they're paying these coyotes fifty dollars to $100,000 a person to get into America. They're not economic refugees. And they're being brought in, wow. to, again, to tear down our institutions. Yep. Because, look, the longer people are here, the more likely they are to assimilate values. That's why there were increased support in the in the Latino community. And I'll be called a racist because I use the word Latino or sexist or whatever. But, Jeez. you know, it, it, you know, David, at some point, we just have to say enough. You know, I don't care. If you don't like it, fire me and I'll make a big stink about it. And I'll make you look like the fool that you really are for this adopting these principles that are not based on any kind of science yep. or truth or anything like that. And at some point, we have to stand up to the mob. 
yeah. and I, tell them enough. Yes. Now, look, I'm, I'm, you know, in the transitioning to retirement, and so it's it's not going to impact me as much as someone else. I, I will acknowledge that. But let's let's go back. So HR one will destroy the the educations or the election system. HR five will destroy the education system and religious freedom. And then there's another bill, I forget the number, that's advancing through rather quickly, which will effectively take away Second Amendment rights of Americans. Right, exactly. Uh, Increase rating periods, psychological tests, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So what you see is you see them tearing. So look, the uh, Religious Freedom Restoration Act is specifically excluded as a defense. Essentially, you can't raise the First Amendment as a defense in a claim under the Equality Act. This is... And what what do they not understand about Congress will make no law regarding the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof? That should be crystal clear to anybody that is capable of waking up in the morning and getting out of bed, the meaning of that. That's how simple it is. But they're tearing it down. Yep. So now you have these articles. I would highly recommend some of these articles – uh, you were had one you were talking about. I forget which one. Well, the the oh, Pope, anyway. the one about Pope okay. Francis and New World. Before well, so, before we get to that, though, John, I just want to clarify something that Mexico uh, it requires their people to show a specific voting card that not only includes a picture, so a photo ID, but also their fingerprints when they vote. And one of the left's targets, the biggest target, is photo ID laws. So think about yeah. it. We, we need a, a photo ID to board a plane, buy alcohol, open a bank account, apply for unemployment, welfare, Medicaid, drive a car, get married, adopt a pet, pick and up a prescription. you're going to need to show your verified uh, vaccine passport. That's right. to get on, Exactly. Vaccine passport. So they are trying to eliminate photo ID laws. Go ahead, John. Well, they're doing it for a reason, and it's obvious. So this, this stuff is taking over elite academies. There was a very good recent article about uh, Megan Kelly, who was sending her kids to this fifty-seven thousand dollar a year elementary per student elementary school yep. in Manhattan, and she said, you know, they, they her her kindergarten son was asked, you know, asked to talk about uh, his white identity or how he identified sexually or something, and oh she's gosh. like, can he just learn how to spell identity <laughs> before we start to wake him up? Wow! And if anybody wakes him up, it should be. Uh, my husband Doug and I. That's right, and not the schools. So these, it, it's happening in elite schools, but it's happening everywhere. So let's let's start with California's um, racial. I can't remember. I talked about it Sunday. Their racial identity curriculum, which is supposed to be voted on by the California School Board Association mm-hmm. or curriculum people today or tomorrow. And in there, they have, like, these racial identity chants. One of the chants, essentially, they accuse whites of committing theocide. Whites came to America and killed the gods of uh, the, the native people. Now, listen, the bigger agenda here is to get rid of any religion that claims exclusivity such as Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That is the ultimate goal, is to destroy that a religion like that, like true biblical Christianity. That's the goal. So they accuse people of theocide. We're open, and you know we love everybody except the Christians uh, who want to claim ex- exclusivity. And then they have these chants, and they're chants in as ancient Mexican, I don't know, Mexican, Spanish, Aztec language. Yes. To the Mexican god of human sacrifice in cannibalism. Understand what they're saying here. They're saying Christianity bad, but this human sacrifice and this, you know, cult religion is is good. They, they're teaching kids to chant, and, and they are actually doing this in California. I read an article on that recently. I think it's the one you're referring to, I played to, John. a clip of one of the chants Sunday on my Wow. Wakanda, was that it? Uh, something like that? A yeah, I, I, it, you know, it's like this, and there was a whole gymnasium fuel of students doing this chant in this 
language. So they clearly had been indoctrinated in this. And the guy who promotes it even says that eventually what we have to do is counter genocide. Now, that's not defined, but I know what genocide is, Mm. and I know what counter means, and I'm concerned about language like that. Yet, if I say that that guy is a nut, I'm a racist, a bigot, whatever phobia you want to put into it. And so, again, they're creating these mobs. We see this happening in cities all over America on a nightly basis. Portland, Seattle, uh, Los Angeles. It's demonic. It is demonic. They're burning it down. And these yeah. these people, they, and they, they all have helmets, body armor, uh, goggles. Uh, uh, you know, they carry umbrellas, you know, to block. Uh, and go try to video them doing this. And your life, they will, they will hunt you down on social media and destroy your life. Mm. This is what they're doing. And they have and, the funding to do that. They have money to, to do that. Well, somebody's funding them. I yep. mean, it doesn't appear that they have a job. <laughs> and then, They're and getting then, paid. How, look, how bad is it? When asked about this at his confirmation hearing, the new attorney general of the United States said, well, that's not domestic terrorism. What happened at the Capitol on January 6th, that's terrorism. All right. But what they're doing in Portland trying to burn down and break down the federal courthouse is not terrorism because, well, they're not interfering with the normal course of, you know, when, if they did it when the courthouse was open, then that would be terrorism. Oh, my But if they goodness. do it at night so they can't do the business the next day, that's not – listen, we are so far down the road to where uh, what, what God said, the judgment that he sends, that people would have a reprobate mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't see it being walked back no. at this point. I, 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 the only solution is for Jesus to come back and clean up this mess, and I look forward to that day. Yeah, and barring a uh, great awakening or a revival, which which I, I'm an optimist, but I, I personally don't see that happening unless the, the church really wakes up. And if you thought last year uh, with, with the uh, presidential election, the divide, and all, all year long, and then we had the coronavirus and then we had the Black Lives Matter riots and, and just destruction in cities across America. If the Christians weren't awakened after the trifecta of crises last year, I don't know what it's going to take. John, we've got one more minute. Well, maybe the question we should ask, David, is uh, let's take, we should start a pool as to what day in 2021 we will start wishing for the good old days of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty dark statement. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I have to tell you, you know, uh, you know, I didn't think 2019 was all that great, but uh, 2020 was worse, and I it does. We're not off to a very good start this no. year. Yeah, by the way, there's either a proverb or it's in Ecclesiastes that says it's not wise to ask such, such questions like uh, why were the old days better than these. So when we wish for the good old days, we should not, that's not wisdom to say that. According to Scripture, uh, we've got okay. John Haller on the line. When we come back, we will now address the Pope's statements and calls for new world order after the pandemic. And he talks about four criteria that he proposes. We're talking about Pope Francis. Oh, you're not going to believe some of this. When we come back with John Haller on Stand Up For The Truth, keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. John Haller is our guest today. A couple words that I've come to disdain or even loathe. Equity, diversity, and inclusion because of the way the left is using them. And there's an article over at the City Journal called The Miseducation of America's Elites affluent parents terrified of running afoul of the new orthodoxy in their children's private schools organize in secret. John, if you could just share a couple points from that article. Yeah, with Barry Weiss, she's the a journalist. And, and look, she's left. She's uh, a secular Jew. She's uh, very uh, coy about her sexual orientation. She's engaged to a woman. Mm-hmm. But She's, a, I would call her a classic liberal. She gets it. She left the New York Times because she said this is just a bunch of leftist propaganda. Hmm. 
and I'm at risk of being outed and destroyed. And so she left. So she was actually interviewed on Dennis Prager yesterday about this article, and she said, listen, the at this Harvard-Westlake, which is the most prestigious private school for elementary, secondary education in Los Angeles, $50,000 a year, parents are getting upset about, they said there was wokeism, critical race theory, white, you know, whiteness bad, everything else good in every class. There's a document that's been released, and the parents have taken to having secret meetings, writing anonymous letters and emails to the board and the administration. This is also happening at elite schools, the Grace Church School in, in Manhattan and other schools in Manhattan, where this is just infusing every part of the uh, of the curriculum. And the parents are tired of it, but they say, well, I, I, I can't say anything. Because wow. if I say anything, my child will be labeled a racist. It will be put on his program, and it will destroy his career, and I'll likely be fired from my job. A black lady called uh, Dennis Prager yesterday, and she said, if I speak out about it, I will be called a racist. Oh, She's, boy. And, this is where we and, are. And, and so they're having secret meetings and that type of thing, trying to figure out how to do it. And this is what's happened. We're being run by a mob. And at some point, we have to just say the consequences be like, it's a historical quote, consequences be damned. We have to stand up to this. Mm. And we have to stand up to this for the protection of our children. And Dennis yes. said, listen. If you're leaving your kids in this school because you think he's going to get into a, a real Harvard who's going to destroy his values even further, you're a fool, yeah. and I have no respect for you. Take your kid out of the school and protect your child and his intellectual and spiritual and moral development. And, and this is what's happening. And these are in the elite schools, and it's happening with these Aztec chants to an Aztec god of uh, human sacrifice. In, in in regular public schools in yes. California, and it's I happening. It's, too, well, yeah. it's so qu it's happening so quickly, John. I mean, we're we're on this fast track th of uh, political correctness and wokeness that we've we've never seen before. But really quickly, from this article, it says over in, in Brentwood, a school that costs forty five thousand a year, made headlines a few weeks back when it had when it held racially segregated. Dialogue and community building sessions. And then this says, but when I speak with a parent of a middle school student there, they want to talk about their child's English curriculum. Quote, they replaced all the books with no input or even informing the parents, and including the curriculum no longer features uh, The Scarlet Letter, Little Women, To Kill a Mockingbird, classics and books that most of us read growing up in the public school. So this is what they're doing, and it's happening quickly. Closing your thoughts on this uh, topic, John. Well, there was an article this morning on Fox that said that they're going to have 12 different graduation ceremonies at Columbia University. It was six or 12 different uh, graduation think, ceremonies, think depending on your racial identity or diversity. Or income, wasn't it? Wasn't that and one income, of them? Yeah. yeah. And race. <laughs> Jeez, oh, my goodness. Okay, so so it, it's insane. Yep, I, I I don't know how else to say it. All right, Pope Francis made headlines again. Brand new book length interview called "God and the World to Come." Uh, this is out of Rome. Uh, Domenico Agasso apparently uh, is scheduled this for release. It's uh, going to reiterate the Pope's case for the Great Reset. And let me just quote: This is published by Vatican News. Quote. The Pope saying, the world will never be the same again, but it is precisely within this calamity that we must grasp those signs which may prove to be the cornerstones of reconstruction. He said, let us keep in mind that there is, some, there is something worse than this crisis, the drama of wasting it. Just like the progressive John that never let a serious crisis go to waste, the Pope is now saying, don't waste this. And he says we can heal injustice by, quote, building a new world order based on solidarity, studying innovative methods to eradicate bullying, poverty, and corruption. And I'll just let you comment before we mention a couple of other of his statements. 
I listen. I had a conversation <laughs> with somebody the other day where I said the Pope was a radical Marxist who was steeped in liberation theology, which is just another word for Marxism, coming out of where he did in, in uh, South America, and um, I was sort of dressed down a little bit. Well, you know, you shouldn't say that about the Pope because you might affect, um, you know, some Catholics' uh, faith or something. And I'm like, listen, in Jude, there's sort of a progressive thing as to how we're to deal with false teaching. And some of them, one of the admonitions is when, when at some point, you got to grab somebody like you're pulling them out of the fire. Hmm. And I think we're at that point is grab people and pull them out of this thing and do the watchman thing. Warn them, and if they don't listen, then it's on them, not on you. You did your thing. You warned. You saw the problem coming, like Ezekiel says. So this is where we are. So listen, this is what the Pope is talking about, is he's talking about the World Economic Forum, Great Reset. You know, the World Economic Forum is involved with the uh, COVID pass on mm-hmm. getting the vaccine and ability to travel and that type of thing. They're talking about artificial intelligence. I'm actually going to do a talk at the last day's Bible conference, which will air probably the end of April. Uh, I think Eric Barger and Mike Jenner and I are doing some of the sessions there. Awesome. LD, last days by LDBC.ca. You can register for that if you want. So uh, this is, this is, this is what's happening. And, you know, when when I somebody like me or you talk about the Great Reset, you know, the New York Times will say, "Oh, that's just a conspiracy theory." You know, it's not really real. So oh Trudeau goodness. can talk about it. All the leaders of the world can talk about it. They can talk about changing humanity. I'm going to talk about that in my talk called "Deplatforming Humanity." <laughs> one of them, and because they're changing what it means to be human. They're deconstructing it. This, yep. this has huge theological implications, what they want to do. Uh, They're playing they, God in a way. They are. I mean, and, and uh, goodness, this has been going on at the World Economic Forum Davos Conference for uh, three or four years now at, with their talks about what's coming and how they're going to change things and they want to merge man and machine. Sent you an article, uh, the cover of Time Magazine from February of t- uh, 2011, yep. ten years ago. Yes, in fact, just a few weeks before the Syrian civil war started, uh, was 2045, the year man becomes immortal. That was a cover of Time Magazine. 2045. So huh? here we are. T- well, they've advanced the clock, and I think the target date is now 2030. <sighs> Nine years. The strategic development goals and all that other stuff. Even Saudi Arabia's goals are dated 2030. So all of this is happening at the same time. It's yep. happening very quickly. It happens, as somebody said, slowly then suddenly. Uh, yes, that's it's good. Sort of like we're the frog in the kettle, and all of a sudden we realize, hey, it's pretty warm in here. So, John, I, get out. I, I need you to translate something that the Pope said, even though it was translated from Italian to English. Um, uh, he's talking about taking care of the earth with radical uh, personal and political choices. And he said, quote, the path to humanity's <coughs> salvation, the path to humanity's salvation passes through the creation of a new model of development, which unquestionably focuses on coexistence among peoples in harmony with creation. What does that have to do with salvation? Well, understand that what we have here is not um, leftism, I've said. Marxism is not a political movement. In reality, it is an alternative religious movement. It is. Because it has its own theology. It has its punishment for your sins. You will be deplatformed and removed from society. You will be fired. You will be put on the outs, and worse, when some of these progressives have gotten in power like they did under the Jacobins back in the French Revolution, hundreds of thousands of people were beheaded. Many of them were people that were from the left, by the way. They went, they ate their own, so to speak. (laughs) So the chanting to the god of cannibalism and human sacrifice, when we have at least one party in this country that says it's okay to kill children in the womb, 
wow. even yeah. and even suggest that if they're born alive, it's not worth keeping them. And then you have uh, effectively eating their own by uh, uh, beheading their own people because they're not progressive enough. There's a magazine called Jacobin. I don't think people understand how bad they were, and this progressivism has taken over many, many aspects of American culture and society, and now the church. And so here you have the Pope who's talking about what his salvation method is. You notice in his talks, I haven't Google, I haven't done a word search yet, but I'll bet he didn't mention Jesus. No, not once in any of these quotes, and these are extensive quotes from this new interview that's coming out. He does mention ex- inclusion yeah, does. and the, yeah. the care of creation, the common good, and uh, coexistence and in harmony with creation. Yeah, but you're right. I can't see—there's nothing about Jesus or even God in—I'm sure he does mention God, but at least in these extensive quotes from the interview, I don't find anything. John, we've got one more minute. On his, okay, on his trip to Iraq recently, ancient Babylon, he never mentioned Jesus. Mm-hmm. He goes and yes. finds that human fraternity document. He never mentions Jesus. So listen, we live at a very unique time of human history. Um, I think, I think in some respects, the Lord is decoupling Christians from the world and making them realize where our real, true treasure is. Mm-hmm. Because we see that this is this does not end well, and we need to focus on what our our true and real hope is. Yes. And we also have to remember America with our Constitution and our freedoms. We are the anomaly pretty much in world history, and um, it's just a matter of time. And the prophecy will be fulfilled. John Haller, you can get more information on him in our links at the podcast, StandUpForTheTruth.com, or Fellowship Bible Chapel, or his FBC YouTube channel. Look up his prophecy updates. John, God bless you, brother. Keep the faith. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. All right, when we come back, we'll let you know who's on the rest of this week on Stand Up For The Truth. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. Oh, so much time. Uh, I mean, so little time and so much to get to. But tomorrow we're going to hear from Sergeant Mike McGrew. And it's going to be a replay, a rebroadcast. So no new podcast tomorrow. That's our Wednesday, is typically, except for last week, we had a, a new show with Jake Jacobs. Um, and after that, let's see, Thursday, Jay Siegert, Starting Point Project. He'll be back with us. Friday, news and views and commentary. And um, I do want to apologize for something I said yesterday. Um, I mentioned uh, what was going on in San Francisco, and I said San Francisco, uh, because the left needs Christ. They need to be saved. They need to hear the gospel. And so um, even though I think they are sick (laughs) and some of their politics and what they're doing, I just didn't agree with our money, tax dollars going to bail out, you know, uh, progressive cities that are irresponsible in their budgets and then taxpayers pay for it. So I was a little upset about that, but uh, just I apologize for saying San Francisco. Um, Okay, so we'll see you guys tomorrow or you'll hear the replay podcast. Thank you so much again for your prayers and your support. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.